This podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's blueberry with no ease dot com. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Transpersonal Radio with Angela Lynn Gibson. Remember, your thoughts upload your reality. Think wisely and always prepare to ignite. Welcome. Welcome to Transpersonal Radio. Transpersonalradio.com. Real talk for real life. Inspiring podcasts. Exploring personal empowerment. empowerment. And transformation. Through parapsychology, spirituality, and how your thoughts upload your reality. And now your host, Angela. Angela L. Gibson. First of all, thank you for listening, and a big thank you to my loyal listeners who have stayed with me throughout the years. Welcome to all you new listeners. I've been producing Transpersonal Radio since 2010, not without challenges for sure, but I'm proud that I'm in the sixth year of Transpersonal Radio and it continues to get better every year. I'm going to ask my listeners to do me a favor. If you find value in this podcast, please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, or download the iPhone app or Android app. And please, share this radio show with anyone you think may find it helpful, thought-provoking, or interesting. Also, please leave a great review for me on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spreaker, as that will help the reputation of the show and get it recognized by a wider audience. There's a lot of work that goes into creating and producing a podcast and radio show. Here's the thing, folks. Over the years, I've had some really amazing guests on this show who speak from their core, who get real, who speak from a place of authenticity and integrity. These guests bring their A-game, providing you with quality content that can really make your life better. So by telling everyone you know about Transpersonal Radio and getting the word out, these guests really can make the world a better place. Thanks again for listening. Hello, Transpersonal Radio listeners. Tonight, you are going to learn more about how to use your intuition to get what you desire and deserve. Tonight's guest, Mariana Cooper, is the author of the new book, The Aha Factor, How to Use Your Intuition to Get What You Desire and Deserve. She is the acclaimed host and executive producer of the International Aha Moments radio show, which has over 120 episodes on iTunes. In fact, she was just doing her radio show this afternoon and graciously accepted an invitation to be on Transpersonal Radio tonight, right afterwards. Mariana also holds the AHA Moments World Telesummits that reach over 95 countries worldwide. She is a third-generation intuitive, visionary, mentor, speaker, and the founder of AHA Moments International, a global community and lifestyle brand dedicated to inspiring and educating people in combining the full use of their intuitive energies and practical lifestyle strategies to live a truly enlightened life. As an angel therapy practitioner and certified advanced medium with Dr. Doreen Virtue for over 12 years, Mariana has performed thousands of readings and coaching sessions for her clients around the world, as well as on her radio shows. Mariana also holds several other certifications to include being a Kabbalist and former teacher with the Modern Mystery School, as well as an Access Consciousness Bars facilitator, Jaikindin Reiki Master, certified in the Silva Method as well. 
In addition to her spiritual training, Mariana has an MBA in marketing and a BA in psychology. She spent over 10 years in corporate America as an executive and consultant working with businesses of all shapes and sizes in Fortune 100, entertainment, and nonprofit industries, as well as a myriad of small businesses and startups. Mariana has appeared on large telesummits, radio, and television, and she has published the Intuitive Living Oracle Cards. I first met Mariana at the Conscious Life Expo in Los Angeles this last February and interviewed her for the Paranormal Insights television show. I knew I wanted her on my radio show as well because she is such a joy. You're going to hear a lot of fantastic info tonight, folks, so get settled in and get ready for a great show. Mariana, thank you so much for being on the show this evening. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so, so much. So let's just dive right in. Now, a lot of people use the phrase, aha, and we get an image of someone with a little light bulb over their heads when we hear that exclamation. The phrase, aha moment, is one that many people use, but what does it actually mean? Well, it's actually the combination of when your physical mind receives a direct communication from your energetic self. So, you know, where we transcend average everyday um, physical thought with our with our greater energetic self. So the the basic um, analogy I always like to give when it comes to this is a lot of people think that we're taught, really, to think that our souls are within our bodies, our body is the big piece and our soul is the small little piece inside of us that sort of rises up if we die. But it's actually the other way around. We're actually these big, giant balls of energy. And then within the giant ball of energy, we take on a little symbol of a body and a portion of our energy goes into that vessel. I call it a symbol. Um, and, and as we navigate through our physical life, you know, kind of driving in a car, our bigger self, our bigger energetic self wants to communicate with us. And we should really be communicating almost 50-50 where we're able to access that greater part of ourselves um, in our physical mind. And that connection where the two actually connect and you get that light bulb, that that feeling of like transcendence, that's the two of them connecting. That's what creates the aha moment. That's really interesting. And I have to, I have to be honest, you know, I've been in this field all my life and and professionally in this field for at least two decades, if not more. And I've never heard it described exactly like that. And you're absolutely right, Mariana. Usually people think of, uh, you know, we hear the saying all the time, we're, we're spirits living in a human body or spirits living a human existence. But you're right. The soul aspect or the spirit aspect is always minimized to be this little tiny particle or piece that um, it almost seems as if it's, you know, it's marketed to be, insignificant to the physical right. and and what you're talking about is or really optional. or optional yeah, exactly optional although i think for some people it might be <laughs> but um <laughs> but i love i love your outlook on this because you're bringing back to the forefront the true importance of the spirit or soul self and that it is actually the forefront so it it really is and and this is i've devoted my whole practice to helping people to get that distinction and then living what I call the aha way, which is really allowing themselves to transcend just basic physicality 
overlay and really be connected with their energetic aspects, which are way more powerful, and incorporate those, integrate those. You're not eliminating physical life by any means or right. even, you know, um, minimizing it. You're just enhancing it by being the totality of yourself as opposed to operating with just, you know, 50% of yourself. I love that. I love that. Now, Mariana, in your book, The Aha Factor, you discuss what you refer to as the anatomy of an aha moment. So let's break down the anatomy into the steps we need to be aware of. Okay. Well, that, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> and um, so the first, the first thing is, oh, okay, I have to get centered here. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing is um, that we always receive an uh, energetic hit or an aha moment. The very first step is we receive information always 100% of the time through our energetic um, senses first. So we have overlaid over our physical sense of sight and, and hearing and touch and taste um, and smell, we have energetic senses. So we have the energetic sense of, of energetic sight. So that would be um, called clairvoyance. So um, having like a little vision in your mind's eye kind of between that sleeping and waking state or a deja vu that's like kind of an active, uh, letting you know your clairvoyance is activated. We have energetic hearing, which is our clear audience. So you might hear lyrics in your head going over and over again. Pay attention to those because that's your clear audience um, voice letting you know that they have a message for you. You might also hear a word. You might be walking and all of a sudden you hear stop and you stop right before you hit the curb and the car truck goes by kind of stage mm -hmm. your life type of thing. Um, we have clear uh, sentience, which is what most people are familiar with, which is like that gut feeling. People call it women's intuition. Guys call it um, guy code or guy uh, guy gut. Well, I recently heard a really cool phrase for the guys. It was like guy gut, like use your guy <laughs> gut. <laughs> I mean, it's always awesome. I was like, I'm going to use that. Yeah. Um, guys can actually relate. Women aren't the only ones with this stuff. This is men have a tremendous amount of it. And then um, clear cognizance is where you have that knowing. So when you say, uh, I felt it in every cell of my body, I knew without knowing how I knew. That's your clear cognizance, it's your intuitive, um, your energetic knowing. So those four senses are always on 100% of the time. They're always sending you messages. Any message that you get always comes through the energetic senses first. Now, you may miss that if you're not familiar with them. So... Uh, your physical body is absolutely linked to those energetic senses. Your physical body gives you a sign that says, nails in, you just got an energetic message. Mm. So you get something through one of those four senses or a combination, and your body immediately responds by giving goosebumps, a sense of chill, mm -hmm. a sense of little flip-flop in your stomach, butterflies, a sense of heat, even a little sense of nausea, a sense of heaviness or tightness if it's a negative thing, a sense of lightness, a sense of brightness if it's a, it's a positive thing. And so your body and your energy are always, always, always interconnected. Your body is a psychic antenna. It absolutely is like the antenna. Antenna, uh, antenna connection to those energetic senses. When you have those two things come together, the third piece of the aha moment is your environment. So because we're all those giant balls of energy, we're all connected to everything in, in our environments. Everything is sentient. I, you know, and that's a whole other show. But everything <laughs> has energy. So we have all that is 
They call it all that is. So everything has energy, including, you know, not just your friends and family and animals and plants, but your computers, your tables, mm-hmm. everything has a vibratory rate. So because of that, your environment is able to sync up with this intuitive pipeline, and your environment is the proof. So your environment backs up your your energetic sense and your physical response with signs, symbols, and synchronicities. So you may get some sort of string of, of, you know, things that feel like a coincidence, like you just, you know, made a decision it's time for a new job, and then all of a sudden you're watching Oprah and she talks about how to get a new job, you know, in the field that you're interested in. You might get signs, like for myself, my father passed away and he was in the Army whenever I feeling a little off or, uh, you know, I, I get a hunch about something, I might see like the Army emblem or, my, you know, go Army or something, something mm-hmm. that has to do with the Army. Um, and then there's symbols. And then, and so you may have, like, um, that, what I just said was a sign, could also be a symbol. So, like, when I see anything that has to do with the military, it's a sign, you know, uh, or a symbol of, my of my dad or you know in that going in that direction you'll have your own it's all you know seeing repetitive numbers there's all kinds of mm-hmm. you know in the book there's like 120 different signs 100 different signs in there yeah but the point is that this always happens together they always when you have those three things happening mm-hmm. you have that energetic sense that's backed up by the physical body that's that as above so below again mm-hmm. so those two connected and then your environment to, you know joins the party by saying yes Yes, go that way, go that way. <laughs> I would say, if you see it three times, then it's a sign. I would love to take credit for that phrase. Doreen Virtue taught me that phrase, and I, it's, it's held true for the last, you know, 12 years. But if you see it three times, then it then it's a sign. So those three things make up the anatomy of the aha moment. And, and it's kind of cool because once you know that, you can start to pay attention. Most of the time we're missing, you know, you might have an aha moment once every two years. Some people have it once a day. But if you know these steps, you'll realize that you're getting them all the time if you pay attention. And a lot of times we talk ourselves out of pieces of it. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Now, I've talked a lot about intuition on my show and have taught Mm -hmm. many classes on psychic versus intuitive abilities. So many of my listeners and students know my take on those skills. As a third-generation intuitive, Mariana, what is your opinion about inheritance and development of intuitive abilities? Well, you know, I I personally feel that everyone is born with this. It's a navigation system that Mm -hmm. we're born with. And my premise is always, you know, we have thousands of religions out there. There's actually over six or 700 types of divination to sort out what are the answers, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's thousands of religions, Judaism and Buddhism and all that. If God is going to make all those ways to ask questions and request, wouldn't there be an equally robust way of how to receive the answer? Wouldn't you be born with the capacity to receive guidance from this greater being, uh, you know, part of us, this mm-hmm. energetic part of us? So my feeling is, my knowing is that we are all born with this. This is not a matter of somebody that's got a gift and somebody doesn't have a gift. We're all born with it. The difference is that some people are going to accelerate in that, just like some people are going to walk across the street and some people are going to go to the Olympics as an Olympic walker, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's a matter of how much time and energy and, and inspiration you have to go to, to an Olympic level. But mm-hmm. I do encourage 
everyone to become what I call fluent in the language of their intuition and the energetic language of who they are. Because when you do, you, it's just like now you, you, you've brought, you, you've increased yourself by over 50%. You've given yourself access to your whole self instead of just your physical self, which is very limited. So no one is born without it. It's just a matter of developing it. That's mm. that's my take on it. I, I agree with you. And so ta- so speaking of that, and we were just talking about the four Claire's or the four C's. I like to call them the four C's. Uh, so the Claire audience, clairvoyance, clairsentience, uh, you, you know, all of those Claire audience. So we are born with those abilities. Now let's talk a little bit about how these Claire's change over time from childhood to adulthood. I think um, when you're born with them, they're they're much purer, you know, when you're when you're young because you don't have. I mean, if you think about it, you don't have your adult faculties yet. You're not. You don't have your language skills. Um, you're not even walking. You know, when you're mm-hmm. very very small, obviously. So you're energetically um, going beyond the clairs. And and I have what I consider, and I outline this in the book. I think the four clairs are one piece of it, but we have uh, an entire energetic communication system that goes beyond intuition. And that's actually started in childhood and relied on much more so in childhood. So you have your four clairs, your intuitive abilities, so that's the intuition part. But then you have telepathy, which is your ability to communicate with other beings in a body, embodied beings, silently through your energy. And then you have... I call it, um, cha- it's called channeling, but really what it is, there's different types of channeling. There's like trans-channeling, which is mm-hmm. like Abraham Hicks and all that. And then there's what I call daily living channeling, which is downloads for yourself personally in your own world. And you can do that through journaling, through automatic writing, through spoken word, through, you know, through your intuitive senses. But those so you have your intuitive senses, you have your telepathy, and you have your challenge. Everyone's born with that. So when you're a child, believe it or not, that telepathy is extraordinarily important to your survival. That's where it's developed because you are literally sending um, messages and communication to your parents, your mother in particular, and vice versa. That's how the mother knows this baby is hungry. This baby needs to be changed. What you know is the baby starting to look sick? Yes, you might be using your eyes to look at the baby. The mother might be cranky and crying. But there's also a set quote sixth sense. Part of that sixth sense is that that baby is talking to you telepathically, and that is a major part of that energetic communication system. The channeling is now um, the kids also get into that very cleanly because you have a lot of kids with imaginary friends. Mm-hmm. See that where they're speaking to their guides, they're speaking to their angels. They can still see through the veil from the other side. There's a certain, you know, purity of connection, and there's no judgment. As you, of course, get older to your adult life, you know these things fine tune, and they also get applications, right? So you're applying those senses to bigger, um, you know, bigger issues and issues with greater consequence. So then you have the uh, the human, you know, the adult human aspects of judgment mm-hmm. and, and and outcome and and all those those other layers over top of it. So it does feel a little bit more complex, but it's very important to keep that childlike wonder because when you do and you and you 
you become, like I said, fluent in these languages, this, this energetic language of the energetic communication system, which goes way beyond intuition, it, you put that whole package together and you see your life really starts to take this beautiful flow. And, and that doesn't mean you're not going to be hit up with challenges. We're not looking for perfection. But what we're looking for is being able to always have access to our to ourselves and in that energetic level and then also be able to operationalize through inspired action in our physical world. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's beautiful. I, I think you're spot on there. And, and I just want to add a little bit. Do uh, you tell me what you think? One of the things that happens as well as we go from childhood to adulthood, and childhood, uh, oftentimes we're, you know, humored, so to speak. It's like, oh, yeah, they have imaginary friends. That's cute. That's, that's adorable. Um, as, as, children begin to grow into adulthood now it becomes much more okay you have to get serious and you have to you know pay attention to your schooling and you start getting drawn into now growing up and finding a job and doing all these things and so there there starts to be this sort of conflict or uh, deconstruction of this connection that you have and another topic I spend a lot of time on is the left hemisphere and right hemisphere brain function so Mariana, share with our listeners your take on logic versus intuition and how they differ and how they can be integrated. Well, um, that's a big one. So, uh, but they both have, I th- well, first I wanted to say this disclaimer because I know that in the new agey kind of metaphysical circles, what I've seen happen over the last 20 years is, is a lot of people start to, for lack of a better word, vilify logic mm-hmm. that you know the more intuitive and energetic you are the more valid you are and that's mm-hmm. absolutely not true mm-hmm. um and that we should eliminate logic and that we should only go by our feelings and our this and our mm-hmm. that and the feelings and the energies and the energetic communication system rely on logic for one purpose and that is to operationalize organize and operationalize what you get from the energetic side of things from that intuitive your intuitive senses, from your telepathy, from your channel. All of that download that you receive needs to be organized and operationalized in the physical world in some way. That's where your logic comes in. That's what it's there for. Your logic is to help you to create some sort of linear, organized fashion function in your physical world. Now, linearity, you know, again, bigger than I think our conversation tonight, um, is is a relative term, but for... You know, if we're looking at physicality and, you know, versus intuitive kind of energetics, um, very important to recognize that your logic's purpose is to operationalize the, 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 the visions and inspirations you're getting from your energetic self. It is absolutely necessary. It is absolutely valid. And it is the thing that helps you to say, okay, I now got this big inspiration to change jobs. You know, what are the steps mm-hmm. to bring that to fruition? And that's just the organizational process. Nice. Very nice. Now let's let's circle back, if you don't mind, to the energetic communication system. When mm-hmm. when you talk about the energetic communication communication system, you say we're all born with this and you were telling us a story about telepathy, but if you were going to describe energetic communication system as someone who's never heard of that, what is that? So the energetic communication system is just like um, 
think of it as like your endocrine system or, you know, any of the other, you know, systems in your body. It's another system to help you to exist efficiently, you know, on the planet. So, um, it, and it includes your intuitive faculties, which was those four players that we talked about. Mm-hmm. It includes your tele- telepathic ability, which is your ability to send and receive information with someone who's in a body, okay, or it's animals, because that's how we also know about how our animals, you know, what our animals need. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see when your cat or your dog is a little off, and it's not just a physical thing. You're like, hmm, there's mm-hmm. something different, you know. That's a telepathic thing. And then you're, then we were also given a system of how to communicate energetically with something that's not in a body. So that would be either a greater self and or um, other civilizations. Um, scientists t- channel all the time. These, quote, big hypotheses and, and new ideas and cures and inventions, scientists and inventors are incredible channels. They're not getting it from their own mm-hmm. mental mind. I agree it's with that. It's coming mm-hmm. from, from you know, the great beyond, if you want, I'm using that very colloquially, mm-hmm. but it is coming from other civilizations. It is coming from, you know, greater energies, not in physical form. So we've been given a... Oh, it looks like we lost Mariana. Hello? Hello? I'm here. Oh, there you are. Hello? Yeah, yep, yep. Hi, okay. I'm here. Look, you know, what I was saying is that it looks like we have, um, you know, like our bodies are just filled with these amazing systems of, of how they operate. And then we're given a system to operate with our higher self, which is the intuitive energy. You know, so we're operating with our energetic selves and our physical self. That's what the intuition is there for. Our telepathic is to communicate energetically with anything in a body that also carries bodies in a vessel. And then our channeling ability is our downloading ability, our being in the flow ability is our ability to communicate with something that's not necessarily in a body. Now, where that comes in even more so um, than just, it's not just for inventors and scientists. When you're writing, when you're trying to come up with a solution for your business or for your work situation, when you're playing a sport and you get into the flow, Mm-hmm. You feel like you lose sense of time. You lose sense of, you know, that even the colors sometimes change. You're you're in the zone. We call it in sports. We talk we talk about that in our art. It, it that's the transcendence of the physicality of who we are and the mental faculties, and we move into the energetic connection, but staying conscious in our physical world. That's what that channeling is. So that all of those together. That package makes up the energetic communication system. Fantastic. So the energetic communication system is actually the key to the aha factor. That's the key to us having this amazing life and having what we desire, having what what you say we deserve. And I love how you say that. So I, I, you know, I know people are listening to this right now. They're like, that's great. How do I get started? What do I do? So what's a simple way that people could start to access their energetic communication system and activate their, their own aha factor? I think um, there's a lot of, gosh, there's a lot of different ways, but one of the things I, I like to do is help people to access what they already have first. And um, and we all come in um, intuitively with um, 
what I call a dominant Claire, a dominant kind of screen, and we call it a, like our screensaver Claire, our kind of a natural default. And then we kind of develop the other ones out from there. Like a lot of people say, oh, well, you're either clairvoyant or Claire or Claire this. And actually, we have all of them. It's just that where you have one that's more dominant. So, um, a couple, just a little quick assessment that you can do for yourself to see what your dominant one is, and then you can kind of, that's like a good starting point. Um, and then I'll give you one other quick exercise. So, the, the one of the best analogies I've ever heard was when you go to a movie, what do you notice first? If when, when you come out of a movie that you really enjoyed, what is the thing that you'll talk about first? Is it the music, the score? Do you remember like, oh my gosh, that crescendo? You remember you want to go out buy the soundtrack? means probably that your clear audience mm-hmm. is your kind of dominant clear. It's your sort of default clear. You remember, for me, I remember the set. I always look at, I know what they wore, and I know the set. I know that vase, that kitchen, the cabinets, oh my gosh, that archway over her head. You know, when you notice the set, you're clear, clairvoyant. You're focusing on the site, kind mm-hmm. of like the, the image. Some people notice the emotion, they cried through the whole thing, you know, yes. they, they anticipate, mm-hmm. and that's your clear sense, that might, that's probably your dominant, your kind of core, the way you sense your world energetically, and then there's other people who know the ending before they even get started, like by the second scene, oh, I know the ending, right. <laughs> that clear cognizant. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting about the four clears is that there's two ones, two of them that are, that skew masculine and two that skew feminine. Women have a tendency to be lean more towards the clairvoyance and the clairsentience. Men have a tendency to lean more towards the clairaudience and the claircognizance. And you balance the yin and the yang of the four, you know, so you you kind of default in one of those, you know, one of those four. Um, once you know that, then you know, okay, now I can, first of all, focus on getting cleaner, clearer with, even with that one that's my dominant. And then develop the other three so you have some balance you have balance and you'll mm-hmm. see that once you even start to hear about this stuff you're like it starts popping off like popcorn like oh oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah and then the other thing um that you can do that i find i i, I do this to be in all of my my uh my classes my advanced classes is noticing it's literally having a notebook and starting to pay attention so the more you notice, the more it's literally like turning the volume up on all of your energetic communication system. Because once you start to notice it, it starts to pour in. Because here's the thing, it's on all the time. It's been on all the time. You're not creating anything. It's all there. You're just choosing now. It's a choice. You're choosing to focus on it. So I call that energetic empowerment. Where you're choosing to focus on the energetic aspects of you, this energetic communication system being one part of that, and noticing, you know, turns it all on. So once you just start noticing the four clears, that's going to be a great thing. But when you start to notice your telepathy, you can play with your animals uh, if you have pets. And one of the ways to send a message to your pet is to send with a picture. So in your head, you might say, are you hungry or do you want a treat? But you, you, instead of saying the words in your head, mm-hmm. you literally show them the treat, like as if you were showing it to them in person, but you're doing it all from a vision in your head. And you start to see, they might 
and not immediately come running to you for this invisible tree. But what they'll, you'll start to see them kind of move a little bit or stop and look at you like, huh, did you say something? You know, so you start to notice. Mm-hmm. And as you play with it and you start to see your environment, I, one of the things I say in the book is all the world whispers. Mm-hmm. You're always being spoken to. You're always, your higher self never turns off and it never gives up on you. The system's Never give up on you. You will see it knocking on your door over and over and over again in all kinds of different ways. Fantastic. Now, that answer the question. Yes. One of the things that happens that I've noticed with people, especially when they're first starting out, is when when they first start tuning into this frequency and they start getting information all of a sudden everything becomes a sign and and they they try <laughs> they right they try to grab onto anything and everything and and right. what so what we have to discern with this ability as well there has to be a level yes. of discernment so how can people know that they're really getting accurate information from their ECS their their communication system their energetic communication system and not just something they're making up in their heads well, two things with that. Um, thing number one is, I always say, this is a, building a muscle. It's not a magic trick. So it's important to look at all of this. Not you know, People have a tendency to get intrigued by this. So they start looking for it like they, you know, I, I must have gotten like five calls from friends after they started reading the book. Oh my gosh, I see the numbers. They see you know, and I just want to choke them. It's like, okay, stop. Sorry, I'm not supposed to be that candid, but I have to be Oh please nice go on these shows. No, this is this is all about uh, keeping like, it real. You know, like just choke me and kill me. No, and, and so and I and I don't answer them or I hang up on them. I'm just like, okay, stop. Finish reading the book, then call me. Yeah, settle down. Um, they said, settle down. Uh, yeah, it is, because mm-hmm. it is a childlike discovery and certain things, people have a tendency, and because people are raised to sort of look at this, all this stuff is kind of magic tricks yes. and optional and, you know, just something to, to dabble with and they don't want to admit to it and all this kind of stuff. They try to make it like a superstition. There's a big difference between superstition and intuition. Thank you. Um, and 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 they, and they have to, you have to be very discerning with that. You know, your intuition is a communication system. Superstition is based on magic and based on things that are already predestined. Like, you know, if a black cat walks in front of you, you absolutely get bad luck. You break a mirror, you absolutely have seven years of bad luck. You know, yes. that's that's not intuitive at all. It has nothing to do with intuition. Right. So it also has nothing to do with, quote, magic tricks in the, in, in the, in the old-fashioned way yeah. that we're, you know, thinking in a mundane mm-hmm. way. Okay, so the way that you know true from false guidance uh, you know, there's probably 10 or 15 different ones. I'll give you the top three. So the first one is that your intuitive energetic communication system type of information always, always, always is housed in the very deep lower part of your body. So it'll feel like when they say that still small voice within, it's within, like behind the solar plexus, down deep. You feel like kind of like that whole, I felt it in my gut, I felt mm-hmm. it in my gut. Whenever you feel that, whenever somebody is really in their intuitive energies, that knowing, that sensing, they always say, I felt it in my gut, it's like in my solar plexus, right? When you're in your mental mind and it's and it's driven by anxiety or something that's non-intuitive, it's up high, outside of your head, almost like the caption over top of a cartoon. It's 
out in front of you. It's out. Like I always say, if you take your finger and you go across your hairline and then you put your hand straight out, like angled up, like where the caption is, that's where all the mental clutter is because it's coming from like the group thing kind of thing. And so that difference between you got to ask yourself, okay, where's this coming from? Am I feeling tightness in my throat? Am I feeling craziness in my chest? Am I feeling like something is like kind of frenetic and it, it's mm. kind of static. It's up outside of you. That static never happens way deep down in the, in the gut of your belly. That doesn't happen because your intuitive senses are down there. So that's one way of discerning. Your next thing that goes hand in hand with this, that kind of intertwined, is your energetic senses always give you one answer and they stick to it. So for me, and then your ener- your anxiety, your mental mind, changes all over the place. And I need to pros and cons. Okay, where's the notebook? Oh my God, well, I did this place. And I, well, I should have got that. And if I did that, it would have been this and that. And they're trying to force an outcome. And it's, first of all, take over the job of the energetic self, mm-hmm. which it shouldn't even, doesn't have any business doing. Mm-hmm. But your your energetic senses stayed over the same thing over and over again. It'll say, like for me, the, I didn't want to write a book. I didn't want, want to write a book. I, I wanted to make a lot of money and teach a lot of people. I didn't want to write a book. And I kept hearing, I said, how do I grow the business? I, see, I hear, write the book. Now my <laughs> mental mind is saying, so could I do another telephone? Well, if I did 2 million people, then I could just make that. And then I hear, write the book. But I, and, 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 yeah, but that'll take a long time. You know, people may not even read it. They may not get published. Write the book. Write the book. <laughs> write the book. Oh, well, maybe I should go for a vacation. Write the book. Well, what should I do next? Write the book. It was always, and then when I finally stopped ignoring it because nothing else was working, everything else started to collapse in my uh, world. And I was like, what should I do? Write the book. As soon as I would write a chapter of the book, I'd go every day to the bookstore and I'd write till my computer would go dead. So I'd write for that. It gave me about three and a half hours and I would write every single day at Barnes & Noble, New Jersey. Nice. And every time I would sit down and write, I would have sales in my shopping cart when I got back home that I had nothing particularly to do with. But it was because I was honoring the energy in the forward moment of that. So when you are worried about what's real versus what's not real, you, it's your your intuitive real senses are going to be repetitive and they stay the same and they're not frenetic and they're not making you crazy. Whereas your the false information is changing, making you anxi- feel like, you know, anxious. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's also, you'll get a tightness in your throat, tightness in your chest, that mm-hmm. type of thing. I think frenetic is, is a perfect word for it. That's, it's exactly, mm-hmm. that describes exactly what's happening. And so this is fantastic. It's amazing. And we look at this and we say, we really Thank want you. to, we really want to develop this. We want to have this in our lives. We, we want our lives to be better. Here's a, a roadmap of how we can do that. So let's take that roadmap now, Mariana, and help us understand how this works. What's a good way for someone to use this to help with real life issues? Well, you know, <clears throat> I think, so I, let me get, I want you to see if, when you say that, because um, that feels broad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a specific context. Sure. So, sure. So let's just talk about, well, okay, let's back up for a moment before we get to that, because this will help with that. One of the things that you say in your book that I really loved is you were talking about 
how we have what you call invitations to awaken. So let's start there. Explain to our listeners what you mean by invitations to awaken, and then we'll take a couple or three of those and we'll wrap back to the question I just asked you about really making the aha factor work in a particular life issue. All right. So there's lots of different ways that we're being called forward to ourselves. So, for instance, things just, you know, we all have these different life categories, right? So Mm -hmm. categories of one being your physical health, your money, your um, relationships, uh, familial relationships, your relationships with, with, you know, more romantic partnerships and um, career, you know, Mm -hmm. as being a few of those life categories. So when we're in our awakening phase or being invited to come forward into this work, um, a lot of times what will happen is we'll we'll experience some semblance of loss. So I always say people don't come to Mari for a session Mm -hmm. or take any of my classes because life is all fabulous and they're, you know, sunshine, lollipops, and roses, people usually come to me, like, on their bellies, like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, that's the word, I can't, it comes right. up a lot, mm-hmm. for a session, you know, and so, um, invitations to awaken could be the death of a loved one, um, loss of a job, um, frustration with having tried to get something, do something and it just doesn't work, losing weight, mm-hmm. um, getting your business off the ground, um, going broke or having to declare bankruptcy. Now, I'm talking about extremes, but you're mm-hmm. being called to awaken way before you get to those extremes, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of times, because we have outlet to escape from concerns that are starting to show up in smaller ways, like maybe if we have money, we can avoid some calls to awaken by just going to Club Med and taking a sure. vacation and running away from it, you know. <laughs> I find that people, less money you have, the, the more awakening you're doing, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it's true because there's no out, you know, you can't just, you know, I watch the Kardashians, they have a bad day, oh, okay, let's go to Thailand. I, mean, mm. I can't, I can't take it anymore, I need to go to Thailand, you know. Mm. I'm like, okay, right. that's fabulous. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's still going to be back here when you come back on the private jet when you get back to L.A. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so we have these invitations through various life circumstances to to awaken. Now, um, when we have multiple issues in three or more of those categories, so we have something going on, you know, like I know my father passed away, my dance partner left, and my, my horse died and my dog died all mm-hmm. within 12 months. That's what we call a dark night of the soul, where... You know, and in the tarot, they talk about the tower mm-hmm. collapsing, you know. It's like kind of a life collapse. Mm-hmm. And that's when um, your, your, it's your biggest invitation ever because all of the old infrastructure that you're using in your world is, is evaporating. And this is when it's like that big step onto the yellow brick road, here's the first brick go. You mm-hmm. know, right. because mm-hmm. everything behind you is like the house is over top of the witch, up. Uh, probably can't get back home the same way you got mm-hmm. here, so follow the yellow brick road here right. quick, you know. And that's, that's the, you know, I guess that's the shortest version of the invitations that I could 
Okay, so let's take, I like the example that you gave. Let's talk about, because I have another question around this as well. It kind of goes together. So let's start with, uh, let's say we'll we'll take a real life issue. I like the one that you said, uh, someone who just keeps trying and nothing comes through. So how would someone uh, use their aha factor to help them when it seems like no matter what they're doing, they're just not getting ahead or it's just not coming together. It's not working. You like to jump into the deep end, don't you? I do. I'm all about the deep end. There's no no shallow here. Uh-uh. Love it. Love it. Because, you know, when something's not working, there's three things going on. One is that our mental minds are insisting on staying in what we already know, mm-hmm. and we're trying to rework it. So our mental minds are usually doing way more of the work than they should be. Um, we're disconnected from our energetic selves, because our energetic selves are generally um, not going to let us go through too many rounds of that. Now, I'm going to just contradict what I just said for a second here, but just to show you, just to illustrate. Okay. Sometimes you're kind of spinning wheels like the hamster because you're not paying attention or listening. Other times, you're being taken through the same lesson over and over again because every single time you go through it, you're learning another piece of the puzzle. Okay. So that's to be determined. But either way, one of the best solutions for that is, is one, just you know, be paying attention to the intuitive energies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But one of the best ways for, for handling getting out of that is through the channeling aspect of your energetic communication system because that's where you need a download of information that you just don't know yet and that's the thing when people get really stuck like that it's because they're trying they've hit the end of their resource bank and you remember your physical mind can only go as far as what it's already seen or been exposed to physically right your your energetic mind is where all of the other stuff resides so when you start to engage, just even in the, in the intuitive aspect, so you're having some sort of regular ongoing communication with your energetic, you know, intuitive self, mm-hmm. it opens you up for these other two. But when it comes to the, the getting, you know, out of your own way, getting kind of from spinning wheels, taking a notebook each day, sitting down. Now, you're going to hate me for saying this, but there is an... a a specific period of time during the evening, during the the hours of the morning between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. where the the energetic information is the most powerful, most potent, and the most available to us in our physical bodies. Now, you know I've been waking up. I've been waking up at 3 a.m. for the past week. (laughs) Yes, and 3 a.m. is when the diamethyltryptamine is the strongest, which is going from your higher self in those higher energies into your pineal gland, which is the is the place where the information transfers from the energetic into physical into your physical ability to perceive it, to receive it. Okay, so that's your perceiver, and then you can receive the information in your physical world from that. That hor- there's a whole bunch of hormones, and there's a whole process mm-hmm. again, bigger show, but. <laughs> What's happening is at 3 a.m., that process is the most powerful. If you happen to be what I call an advanced light worker, um, 
you're always up at that time. You're being awakened up, awakened at that time, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and most, a lot of people misidentify it as insomnia, but what you really need to do is have a notebook because there are messages there for you. And if you just write, okay, hit it. What do you want me to know? And you just start writing, just free associates. You might start off writing your grocery list. You might start off writing, you know, the things that are getting on your nerves about life or whatever. But you will see that if you just start moving the pen on the paper, and you know, let your mental mind get stuff out of the way. You know, I'm worried mm-hmm. about this and I hate that and I don't understand why I'm waking up and why are you waking me up now? <laughs> and then you'll see your handwriting will actually start to shift and, and your tone will start to shift and you will start to see that you even get like the, I get a dialogue. I talk to a lot of different beings in my challenge, but I'm, you know, just last week I channeled 100 pages in wow. four days. And so it's a very natural process. This is, this is where when I get stuck and my wheels are spinning, I, I realize, okay, they want me to know something else. And I get mad at them and they say, I get it the way you said, and it still didn't work. And they say, that's because here's the next piece. Okay, now here's the next piece. Mm. Okay, now here's the next piece. And you might be, especially when you're in a leader of leaders, for those of you listening who are leaders of leaders, a lot of people attracted to these shows are leaders of leaders. They're meant to be doing what we're doing right now Mm -hmm. at some point. You're going to be put to way more tests than the average person. Do you look at your friend Mary, who's like her biggest test of the year was like, oh, I've got to make sure my taxes are on all time. And the rest of us are like <laughs> slogging out under the truck hiding mm. from the next bomb that's going to drop mm-hmm. in our life. And we have seven bombs dropping at the same time. It's because we're leaders and because we have to have a toolkit. Remember, if you're going to be a, any kind of intuitive, uh, you know, certified intuitive or healer, massage therapist, any kind of, you know, light worker type of thing, you are channeling all the time. You cannot know how to help these people unless you're tapping into information that's not already in your physical mind. You've never met them before. Exactly. So you have to, and you open yourself up to that, your mental mind can only translate what it's been exposed to. So with us, channels and intuitives and whatnot, we're exposed to all kinds of things so that we have a toolkit that we at least have a point of reference so we can open the door. Now, this is going to sound a little advanced, but, you know, if you watch some of the bigger channels, like Lee Carroll is a good friend of mine, channels cry on, you know, Esther Hicks, and, uh, you know, I've been in this donor journal of emergence, I've been published in that, and all that, and there's all these channels, right? You listen to these guys. If you listen to the really, really good ones, they can talk about pretty much anything. It's like, well... How does Esther know about crop circles and UFOs and whether the Mount Kilauea is going to erupt again or any of these <laughs> things, right? And, it, and it's because she's truly channeling, right? But also, Esther is very, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll be very well read. We'll be exposed mm-hmm. to a lot of people and yeah. we'll get little tidbits of things. Now, all you need is a tidbit. You don't have to know every single thing about crop circles to be able to channel about crop circles. You just have to have a point of reference so that when those guides, and this is going back to your notebook, when those guides come in, if you just have the smallest point of reference, that's a little door. It can open up and all this new information can pour in. So, if you, But if you don't have any points of reference other than I pay my bills and I go to the gym and I work nine to five, then you're limited mm-hmm. in what they can help to 
expose you to in a deeper way. So when you are allowing yourself, especially between those hours of 3, and I would say 3 and 7 a.m., it's, you know, very potent energy for receiving these kinds of downloads. And you say, you know what? Here's my special notebook. Here's my special pen that I've devoted just to this downloading, you know, life-channeling process. I don't have to be Esther Hicks or Cryon or Bashar or any of these big channels. I can be me because I have this capacity and this is something built into me so that I can get out of my own way with new information that's being mm-hmm. downloaded specifically for me and customized to what I need and desire for my life in this circumstance, in this time frame. I'm now willing to write this down. I'm willing to have that two-way conversation with my guide. And you can choose an angel if you want, if it's easier for you. You, know, you don't have to just talk to, this, to the great beyond. Pick your favorite angel. Pick Archangel Michael. Archangel Michael loves to, to channel with, with new lightworkers. Pick St. Germain. St. Germain is a, an ascended master who's a teacher of lightworkers. You know, um, there's a book called Archangels and Ascended Masters by Doreen mm-hmm. Virtue. And I... I say everybody should have a spiritual library. It's one of the pillars of this stuff. And and this is a reference book you really need to have because it has a description of all the different angels and guides and ascended masters and goddesses, and it has descriptions of them. So you can kind of get to know the who's who of who can assist you in certain categories. And, you know, for love, it might be the goddess uh, uh, Guinevere. It might be Archangel Shamuel for love. You know, there's all different ones. They're all different categories. But when you connect and you're willing, it's amazing. And here's the thing. You might sit with your notebook and say, okay, Mari said, you know, you're going to talk to me, so okay. <laughs> okay, pen is not moving. Okay, you know, I've got a problem here. You, you may not get that download right then. You may get that download in the shower, and and you may get that download on your run on the treadmill. You may get that download, you know, as you're driving in the car. The shower is an amazing place to receive downloads. You should be alert to that. Why? Because energetic information ca- um, carries on the it flows on travels on the molecules of oxygen that you take in. That's why all of these things, hot yoga and tai chi and everything, is built on the breath. Because that's mm-hmm. where the spiritual information enters your body and it enters every cell so that you have that knowing. Water is an amplifier of energetic information. So when you step into that hot, steamy shower and you're inhaling deeply because it's warm and it's comfortable and you have water pouring back on your head and it's amplifying, it is the perfect fertile flower bed for downloads. On the treadmill... Similar, you're taking in a huge amount of oxygen. You're going out walking. You're taking in the, the walking out in nature is a whole other le- level because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things communicating with you. You know, we could go on and on. But Absolutely. what I'm saying is, don't get discouraged if you're sitting at 3 a.m. like Mari said with the notebook and the pen is moving. <laughs> Just know that you put the request in, and throughout some part of your day when your guard is down and you're not judging yourself for not being able to write mm-hmm. like Mari said that download's going to come in. Fantastic. So All we're, right, I'm off my soapbox. We're, we're, well, we're not getting out of the deep end yet. And, speak, oh. and speaking of judging, <laughs> speaking of judging, here we go. Okay. Now, some, okay. some critics would say 
it's ridiculous to follow your dreams, that you need to be practical. Or if you've been trying to follow your dreams or desires and you're still not providing for yourself or you're not you know, making it, like we were just talking about, spinning, spinning, not making it, then you just need to give it up and get a real job, for example. Now, you feel really strongly that people should follow their deepest longings and desires to bring their dreams to fruition. So talk to us a little more about that, both on an individual level and why this is so important on a global scale. Oh, my favorite topic in the whole wide world. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so two things. The first is, I'm going to do the global part first, and then because okay. it's, then it's easier to accept for the individual part. So when you have uh, a desire, that desire or thought, or an inspiration to do a particular thing. It's always because there is an audience, there is someone in need of whatever it is you're desiring. So, that telepathic thing that we were talking about before, Mm -hmm. you you know, you say, you know, you look in your pocketbook, and your pocketbook is like a mess. Change everywhere, (laughs) tissues, pens, brushes, God knows what. And you're in there, and you say, oh, God, I can't. I can't even find anything. I'm late. I'm late. Oh, God, and you say, I wish I had an organizer for this pocketbook. Somehow, I said, oh, God, I hate myself for this. I feel ashamed. My mother already told me I should be more organized. I'll never be organized. This is why I don't have any money. It's because my money's everywhere. And you just start to go on this downward spiral of self, be- beating yourself up. Mm-hmm. All of that goes as this packet of energy. Believe it or not, when you say, I'm desperate for a solution to whatever, you are literally putting an intention out onto the energetic grid that connects all of us. And you're saying, somebody out there, I need a solution to this. It could be potty training your kid. It could be house training the dog. It could be washing your car, you know, on the way to work. It could be anything that you feel is irking that you need a solution to. You literally, when you think, I need this even grocery shop, you're putting a, an intention out onto the grid. And what that does is it telepathically travels to all of the potential people who could create that solution. So you and a whole lot of other people, because you're never the only one in need of whatever it is you're mm-hmm. desiring, are saying, gosh, I wish this I could organize this pocketbook. And somebody like Jen Groover, somebody like Louise May and Angela Jones or whatever, all get this idea, you know, Gosh, you know what? It would be so cool to have like this organizer and they go out for happy hour and they say, I was thinking about this idea. You know, mm-hmm. pocketbook is crazy. I'd love to create this organizer for the pocketbook. I don't know why, but I can't get it out of my head. I can't get it out of my head. I really, and then all of a sudden they start getting signs and symbols and synchronicities and hearing about women who are stressed out about their pocketbooks too. They're getting the signs and mm-hmm. the world is whispering. We need you to invent it. You've got the ability to do this. Oh, well, you know, yeah, I was an engineering major. Yeah, I know what prototypes are. Well, you know, let's see. Why don't we take? I'm, you know, I bought a six pack of of soda the other day. Oh, you know that would those rings would be so cool inside the pocketbook to give me sections. That's what Jen Groover did. She answered the call. Now I can tell you that there's been many people who sit up late at night, watch those infomercials, and say, "Oh my God, I thought of that. I thought of that snuggie." <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now this person make a million dollars a minute on QVC. And I thought of that last year. Damn, I didn't do anything about it. (laughs) And what happens is, it's because the universe will always put the request out 
to multiple people knowing that probably one at best is going to actually do something mm-hmm. and finish. It's not about just starting. It's about finishing. Oh, that's a big one. So, so when you have an inspiration, know that your audience is crying out to you. That's why I kept hearing, write the book, write the book. Mm-hmm. I was like, who's going to read this book? Everybody knows about intuition. Write the book. Write the book. There's millions of people who don't get this system and we need them to be fluent in their intuition because the world is changing and if they're not, they're going to be toolless. They're not going to get through mm-hmm. it. We need these people to get fluent in intuition. Write the book, Mari. Mm-hmm. There's a hundred books out there on intuition. Write the book. Wow. Right? So, mm-hmm. so that's one piece. Now, the other thing, let's say it's not pocketbook organizers or the cure for polio or any of these other things. Let's say it's just I want to go ride my horse, or I want to go and, you know, uh, do a pretty art piece, or I want to get a new set of, you know, great headphones so I can listen to my beautiful classic music on my iPhone with just the full full breath of what it's meant to sound like. Mm -hmm. How is that serving the world? Well, guess what? When you get those headphones and you swell up with that music... You are putting joy out onto the grid. You're putting sensuality out onto the grid. You're putting, you are contributing to the overall essence of energy on the planet for joy, for enlightenment, for, for transcendence. When you listen to those symphony and you feel that transcendent feeling and you're losing track of time and linearity and duality and paradox and you're in that zone, what happens is you are contributing to the world at large, to the grid at large, and everybody needs it because the second part of that is you give permission to other people to do the same thing. Mm. So you being happy is the absolute best contribution you can make to anybody and to the world at large. Beautiful. And getting things finished once you come up with it. I hope that, does that make sense? Oh, it makes absolute sense. And I love your answer because it it answers a few things the very premise of my show by the way if you didn't already know my listeners know they hear it all the time our thoughts upload our reality what we think what we speak is what we code into our programming and what you are describing is that very thing in a very eloquent way and a way that we can take it and make our own. And and what I was envisioning when you were talking about, for example, the person getting those beautiful headphones and listening to the symphony or the music and its full breadth of what it's supposed to sound like, and they reached that joy. Well, then what they're also doing is what you described at the very beginning, which is truly connecting with that energetic communication system and making that connection for that aha moment. So that's happening as well. Yes, absolutely. Outstanding. And you know what? It, you just have to give yourself permission to allow these things forward. So many people feel it's virtuous to suffer. Right. And you're starving the world when you starve yourself. Oh, thank you. That's beautiful. And, you know, because there's – let's talk about money really quickly. I'm getting off track. But but it, it, it matters because we were talking earlier. You said uh, – you, you mentioned something that triggered in my mind again. Uh, the whole concept about light workers or spiritual workers – uh, taking sort of like this vow of poverty. Well, I shouldn't charge for my services or I shouldn't get paid for what I do. I should give it away for free because I have these, what they, you know, gifts. I call them abilities. Some people call them gifts. And and what you just said, that that is exactly, very simply put, no, that's not true. No, it's really not true. In fact, when you starve yourself, you're starving people as well. You're starving the world. Mm. There's nothing virtuous about 
resisting your desires. Remember, any desire that you have, be it hyphen sire, is of the Father, of the energy, of the greater self, of your higher self. Mm. So it's not coming from within your mental mind anyway. It's downloading from the greater big ball of energy that we started talking about. It's downloading to you saying, this is available. Fantastic. This is available. Pick it. I love that. It, that's it, it's exact. So when I'm doing readings for people, I've done oh, I don't know even how many readings I've done for people. Right. I say to them a lot of the times, "What is your core desire?" Because when you get to that core desire, everything else maps from that, and that's what you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. And that core desire, a lot of times people say is. I want to help other people. That's not the core desire. Right. It's not. And because people feel like they have to give it away or help somebody else to justify them being allowed to have it. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's actually repelling it. It's okay for you to say, I'm worthy. I desire it because it'll be fun. Yes. I love My it. My joy is, 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 is going to be a major contribution on that grid. And give other people permission. I mean, think about it. You see somebody, uh, I thought there's a great gal on, online who uh, just decided to take the next three months to do her own version of You Pray Love. So she went off to Bali. Mm. She was in Bali for a, year, for a month. And now she's going, she's going to Italy. And then she's nice. going to the Caribbean because so she doesn't want to go to India. So she, she doesn't mm-hmm. want to do the ashram there. Okay. okay. But she gets on Facebook and she starts talking about she's drinking this turmeric, turmeric drink in, over the rice patties and now she's on the way for the massage and God knows what. That was. But guess what? Her, you know, some people say, oh, how selfish is that? She, she thinks she is, she gets just, you know, she should be giving that money to charity. I hate when I see people mm. say that about celebrity. You know, oh, they, why does she get that, that big house? She should be giving her money to charity. You know, Oprah Winfrey, that somebody said that about Oprah, are you kidding me? This woman has contributed 30 years of her life to helping other people figure their lives out. Mm-hmm. Of course she should have the house in Montefiore overlooking the ocean. If that's mm-hmm. going to replenish her and, and give her the opportunity to promote your book and, and your movie and mm-hmm. your play and your fashion line and your product line and give it all away at Christmas time, then shut up. Let the woman <laughs> have her house. Yes. Give me a break. Yes. You know, and this is mm-hmm. people vilify wealth. We're taught in this country mm-hmm. in particular to vilify other people because we haven't given ourselves permission to have what we desire, mm-hmm. so no one else should get it either. Right. That is the, the kryptonite. Mm-hmm. It is kryptonite. Absolutely. And then when you give yourself permission to have those things, guess what? Somebody says, oh, well, you know what? She got that. Mari did a book. I, maybe I could do a book. I know Mari. You know, she's not smarter than me. I could do a book too. And it gives them permission. Your success gives permission to other people to be successful. And let me tell you something about skeptics too, and then I'll shut up. Anybody who's putting you down, anybody who's skeptical about you, anybody who's criticizing you wants you to succeed more than anybody who's on your side. Because that skepticism, that criticism, that judgment is them saying, I don't believe it can happen for me, so I don't believe it can happen for you. But if you prove to me that it can happen for you, then I can have it too. They want you to succeed even more than the person saying, go, 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 you can do it, you can do it, you can The one who's saying, oh, you can't do that, wants you to prove it to them so that they can start to heal and believe in themselves. Fantastic. So, don't ever let the skeptics and the judgment people get in your way. 
Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. One last topic for the, for the evening, because we could, uh, we can be doing this forever. Uh, for, for, yeah, 10 <laughs> def- hours. Definitely going to have to have you on again, because we're just scratching the surface here. But what, okay. One last topic for tonight. Human okay. beings have free will. So yes. even though there is what I call the source code or what some people call God code, what can be described as destiny or fate, humans can make their own choices. So what do you mean, Mariana, when you say free will goes both ways? Free will goes both ways. I'm not sure when you say that phrase. Yeah, so you were talking about... Can you phrase it again? So you were talking about free will in your book. And, right. and you were talking about how people have free will. They have the ability to, to make choices, right? So everything's not necessarily f- fated permanently. We get to make choices. Yes. But what you say is that free will goes both ways. Uh, and I thought that was an interesting... So basically, you're talking about, uh, if I can just read an excerpt from your book, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, because God knows I uh, oh, no, said that. Okay, great. What did I say? What did I say? So that's what happens when you channel, I'm telling you. So that's, that's true. It's true. Go ahead. You say your independence may threaten loved ones, yet illuminate the right path for you. Free will goes both ways. While you have the free will to desire and blaze your trail, they have the free will to dislike what you are doing and to vocalize this. So go on a crusade to convince them and hold your happiness and self-love hostage until they agree it is at best crippling. In order for you to progress, you need to let go of the need for others' approval and validation in order to be happy. In many cases, we use the lack of others' approval as an excuse not to move forward. And I thought that was so brilliant. Oh, okay. Well, I now now I understand the point of reference. And, and absolutely, and thank you for the compliment. Um, I think it goes back to what we were just saying about the fact that they, you know, and that was, since I wrote the book, you know, I finished that book a couple of years ago, and since I, you know, by the time it gets published and everything else, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of insight since then. So mm-hmm. just to build on that point is, is, is what I just said about, you know, your critics and your skeptics are the ones who desperately want you to succeed, so it proves to them they can try it too. They're mm-hmm. looking for permission. We all have these permissions, but we're looking for permission from each other. We're looking for somebody to say, yeah, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, go ahead. Yes, you deserve that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's very rare you're going to find one unless that other person already has. Okay. It's, it's very simple. You know, now, free will. There's two things. First of all, I think that's the biggest point about free will. I mean, obviously that passage made its own point, but the other point about free will is this. I'm going to use the word God all that is, the universe, Mm -hmm. needs you as much as you need it. Because what's more powerful than God is your free will to say yes or no. Mm -hmm. God can't go around. You know, change can't happen in spite of you. Change has to happen because you said yes. Okay. It's not gonna, you can't say, I want to change, I want to change, I want to change, but I don't, ah, ah, and then the change comes and does, you know, proves itself out to you. No, you have to say, yes, I'm ready, and, and here it is, mm-hmm. and, and allow. And so um, our free will is the most powerful thing that we have. It can override everything. And so you do have the free will to make a choice, to not need anyone else's permission, and know that whether they're for you 
or against you, you succeeding will help everyone. I mean, yes. obviously, as long as it's not at somebody else's expense. Of course, of course. This is this is within the realm of win, 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 and and not doing something that is harmful. For the highest good of all. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. The highest good of all. So. Yeah. This, okay, so, it, and I love what you said, because I, I was hoping you were going to get to the point of, of, I think part of our evolution is to get beyond seeking approval outwardly and being able to find that within ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Um, it's always great to have validation from outside of yourself. But remember that we're all connected with each other. Mm-hmm. And Anybody who's giving you approval is reflecting what's within you anyway. So the more that you do approve of yourself, the more it's going to be reflected by people coming into your experience and saying, hey, you know, you're awesome. You're right. This is amazing. It's because inside you're saying, you know what? Okay. Yeah. This is, this is good. This is good. I'm willing to, yeah, this is good. And you might, you know, you might not be off on some sort of crazy egotistical rant, but you're saying, you know what? I gave this everything I have. And I'm really proud of what I've done, and and this is this is very cool. And even bigger than that, I'm saying this to my mom the other day. When I used to show horses and I would jump fences, the days that I would jump the, the round of fences and I would be like in total unison with my horse and just feel like this transcendence. You lose all track of time, and it's just like this. It's kind of this this, this unity, you know, this union. I would come out of the course, and I wouldn't care if I won or not because I knew I'd done my personal best, and it felt like this transcendent feeling. And those were always the ones that I would win. So when you are transcending yourself, like when I finished this book and everything, I really didn't care if people liked it or not because I felt at peace about it. I felt like I gave it everything I had. You know, I, I it was like I left it. There it is. There it is. And so... When people started to, like, I didn't start to count heads. I didn't start to think, how many books am I going to sell? Is it going to be on Amazon? And, 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 you know, is Oprah ever going to get? I didn't ever think about that because I knew I'd given it everything I had. And now that the letters are coming in and the people are inviting me to do shows and people are reading the book and texting me and emailing me and all mm-hmm. this, I'm like, wow, you know, or, oh, someone found it in the UK in a library and somebody found it in, you know, Bangladesh, and you're like, really? That's so cool, you <laughs> nice. know? Like, ah, you know, it's in the bookstore, they're taking selfies with the books in those bookstores and sending it to me. That's when you, 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 you say you're, you're so honored and you're so grateful, mm-hmm. but you're not in a state of neediness about it. You know, there's, and that's mm-hmm. when you know you're really in communion. And that's what we're really seeking is, you know, I think when you finally find that internal, I gave it everything, I'm in a good place with this, it's not bravado, and that's, it's, it's, it's connection. And that's mm-hmm. when you feel that, what I call that aha way, that where you, you really are in that balance of the physical and the energetic and life has a really interesting way of just just flowing, you know, and you get all kinds of little goodies along the way. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mariana, thank you so much for sharing all this information. It's just amazing. And again, we barely scratched the surface. But for those who resonated with you tonight and want to get a copy of your book or cop, uh, de- your deck of cards you have or if they want to book a session with you or just find out more about you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, well, they can uh, write me an email at mari at the dot com. So it's M A R I at T H E A H A 
W-A-Y.com, and that's the website, the, uh, theahaway.com, and the book is available in stores worldwide, Barnes & Noble, it's also on um, all the online outlets, Amazon, Amazon UK, Kindle, and uh, Nook, and, you know, it's there, so. <laughs> Great, fantastic, and uh, Mari, I just want to thank you again for taking time with us tonight, I know you had a really busy day, and I uh, just really want to thank you for being here, I really, really appreciate it. Oh, it has been such a delight and a gift. I, this is this is delicious. I had such a good time. Thank you so Fantastic. much for having me. You bet. And Transpersonal Radio listeners, I will make sure to have Mari's contact information for you in the show notes on the Transpersonal Radio website. And again, take some time to go check out her website. Check out her book. I'm telling you, this book is full of information. We just barely scratched the surface tonight of all the information she has available. Make sure you reach out to her, check out her cards, and if you really connected and you want to book a session with her, you can do that through her website as well. So again, thank you guys for listening, and until next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Trans Transpersonal Radio. If you'd like to suggest a future future topic or be a guest, visit transpersonalradio.com. Call the hotline at 619-800-6057 or like our page, facebook.com slash transpersonalradio.